You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message and welcome to the tribe. Now here's Doug Robbins. You guys online and here in the Cameo Theater, you guys are probably the smartest service today because you got the most sleep after that satanic time change, right? So great to see you guys today. And can I ask you by raise of hands, do any of you know like a distracted driver? Anybody know some distracted drivers around you? Like the person that's always checking their phone, the phone checker is always checking the phone, and honestly, I'm kind of a phone checker, you know, and so every time I go up to a red light, if I want it to turn green, I just check my phone, because I know it always turns green and makes me start driving, and then there's also the makeup putter on her, that's the lady that's putting on her makeup on the way to work, and she's looking in the rearview mirror, you know, and putting all of that on, she's a distracted driver, and then there's the kid disciplinarian, you know, the person that's trying to drive and discipline the kids in the back seat at the same time, threatening them that they're, you're going to go back there and all that kind of stuff. This is the distracted driver, and one of my roles here as one of the pastors here is to keep our church in our lane. You follow me? We've got to stay focused and keeping the main thing, the main thing, keep our focus on the mission and the vision to stay in our lane. That's why every week during this series, we're reading our mission statement out loud together. Let's put it on screen, and we'll read it out loud together. Ready? Here we go. Helping people who feel far from God become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So we're after people who feel far from God. We're not trying to take people from other churches. We're trying to help people who are unchurched, irreligious, don't have a spiritual background or a relationship with God, bring them in to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And everything we do in this church falls under one of our four pillars. We want to help people to know Jesus. We also want people to cultivate freedom. Today's service is going to be mostly about cultivating freedom. We want help want to help people discover their purpose and make a difference in the world. Now, as Joe said earlier, last week, perhaps you heard us talking about the different tribes or group names of the different animals. So, for example, we talked about how a group of crows is called a murder, right? That one's kind of funny, right? And the, the crows always go to Taco Cabana, don't they? I don't know why. They're always around landing in the trees, you know, around Taco Cabana. I guess after you get done eating, they're trying to go down there and steal your tortillas and stuff like that, you know? But then we saw that a group of lemurs is called a conspiracy. So, we, you know, I can't look at their beady little eyes the same, knowing that they form these little groups of conspiracies. And then my sound engineer back there, John, was telling me that a group of dragons forms what's called a thunder. So a group of dragons is a thunder. Didn't know that one. For all you nerds, there's one for you. And then the zebras. Do you know what you call a group of zebras? If you look at this next picture, you see it's called a dazzle. So some of you who did like ecstasy back in the 90s, you're having a flashback here, right? You feel like you're doing acid. Just like, it's a dazzle of zebras. And then another one that I learned this past week was that a group of weasels is called a boogle. I, I don't know what that's about, but if you see that one otter there, that not, it's not an otter. It's a, that one weasel there, it looks like he's saying boogle. See, that's what he's saying right there. But we learned last week that a group or a tribe of elephants is called what? A parade. That's right. It's a group called a parade. And when elephants, the largest land mammals, 
move in unity together. They are an unstoppable parade. Nothing can stand against them when they come walking across the jungle or the plains or wherever they may be. And so what we're doing during this series is we're inviting everyone everywhere to join the parade. Could we see the, say those three words together, join the parade, when I point to you? You ready? Here we go. Join the parade. Okay, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to redo that because that'd be great if we were a Presbyterian church, but let's try that again. We're not, so here we go. Ready? Join the parade. Very good. Now you're making me happy and filling my love tank. And we saw this from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Remember that verse where Paul says, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory, what? Parade, see? So we're moving from faith to faith, from one victory to another in our lives. And look, if you've had a defeat, you've also had victories, and you're moving on to the next victory parade in your life. So last week, we also saw that the elephants have kind of a short vision, and we saw that as a church, we certainly have to think about the future, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, but much of our time right now needs to be spent on having a short-term vision that is adaptable to all the crazy changes that are happening in our culture, in our world. We've lived through a decade's worth of stuff just over the past year, and so we need to continue to grow our adaptivity here at the church. So elephants and all the animals in the animal kingdom have to be aware of the predators out there that are hunting in the darkness of night. And that is certainly true of our spiritual lives, isn't it? We have spiritual predators in the air that we can't see with our physical eyes, the demonic realm that is trying to come against us and destroy our lives. This is true for unbelievers as well as Christian believers. Those of you that are spiritual investigators or have not yet believed in Jesus, I want you to take a look at this verse with me. It's from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. It says, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing or dying. Satan, who is the little G God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. And if you've not yet been able to believe, I know a lot of you think that it may be because of intellectual struggles or problems with the faith. And we have classes and we have services that deal with those issues all the time. But I want you to consider it may not just be an intellectual issue, it may be a spiritual issue as well. And I want you to consider that there are unseen spiritual realities that could be trying to blind your mind from believing in Christ. And if you're a Christ follower, don't begin to think that you're all good. Don't think that you can't be tricked or deceived or blinded by the enemy. Look at what 1 John 2, 11 says. It says, but whatever, um, whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has done what? Say it. Blinded his eyes. So Christ followers who have been prejudiced against others or hated or been bitter or angry or unforgiving towards others, our minds, our hearts can be blinded by the enemy through those types of sins. Now, obviously, we're talking about spiritual warfare today, and any talk about spiritual warfare always has to reference the one classic text on this, which is, of course, from 1 Peter 5, 8, and if you're new to church, here it is. It basically says, be sober-minded, 
Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, lions are the apex predators in the wild, and they hunt mostly in the darkness of night. And when they approach elephants, they tend to avoid the elephants, the parades of elephants, because the elephants are so big and powerful that an elephant can kick a lion or they can step on him and potentially kill the lion. So usually lions don't like to mess with the elephants. However, lions will attack a small elephant that is separated and isolated from the tribe. Anybody hearing anything in that principle? Is that what the enemy wants to do to you is the enemy wants to isolate and dominate you wants to take you away from the parade, keep you out of your small group, out of your church tribe, and get you in a place where you're isolated, and that's when they, they take you out. And how many have seen people that have struggled emotionally and spiritually during quarantine because they didn't have a parade to march in? They didn't have a tribe or a group that protected them. Now, the elephants would seem to have a disadvantage when the lions hunt them at night. But what we've seen about the elephants is even though they have short vision, it's more than made up for by their ability to see in the dark. Elephants can see in the dark. And in the same way, we've got to catch a vision for being a tribe of people that can see into the dark and discern the schemes of the enemy against our personal lives, against our families, and against our church and our broader tribe. Now, I'm not much of a hunter, but I've got this friend that took me to this hunting ranch, and we went out at night. We went into this field, and he said, hey, Doug, I want you to hold my rifle and look through the scope of my rifle. It was in the darkness of night. And he had, this was awesome, he had one of those night vision scopes on there. And I'd never looked through one of those. And I looked through the scope. And dude, look, I'm telling you, I could see this huge, gnarly, feral hog. And I never would have seen that thing without this night vision scope. And this is what God wants to do through his word today is give us night vision. And those gnarly feral hogs, the ranchers don't like them. They hate them because they see the effects of those feral hogs on their land, on their crops. By the light of day, you can see all that the feral hogs have torn up. And how many of you besides me can see the effects of the spiritual hogs in our world? When we look at the Bible, we see that the demons divide people. Anybody see division around our world today? Okay, we see that they come to steal from people, kill, destroy, bring anxieties and fear. We see it all over the place. So we have to get the night vision on to see their schemes against us so that we know how to react. So today, my job is to equip you in spiritual warfare. It's not to make you dependent upon me or our church staff. You know how we learned to deal with spiritual realities and the demonic? We had to take teachings that we were given and just apply them the best we could. And we didn't go into every scenario knowing everything we're supposed to do. And what I'm imparting to you today is empowerment 
to engage in spiritual warfare. Even though you may not feel like you know how to do it all the time, take what you learned today and apply it in whenever you have encounters with that which is evil. And today, our journey of spiritual, I guess, enlightenment and learning night vision is gonna be a journey through the tabernacle of the Old Testament. The tabernacle of the Old Testament where God lived among his people, they would set this up temporarily out in the wilderness and then they would camp all around it. And one of my spiritual mentors, Phil Dietz, wrote a book on how the tabernacle relates to spiritual warfare. It's a book called Authority and Power. And I highly recommend this book. But Phil explains that in Genesis, God said, let us make man in our own image. Because see, God is three our image, that's more than one. So there's three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is God. And in the same way, you and I are triune beings. The image of the Old Testament tabernacle, it was a three-section dwelling or a three-sectioned off place. One Bible teacher explains that the Old Testament contains the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So we're gonna learn some things from the Old Testament that are now revealed in the New Testament in us. The tabernacle literally means dwelling place. So God lived in or dwelt in the tabernacle. Now, today in our reality, when we're under the new covenant, God dwells inside of us. And you and I are three parts Outer court, holy place, and holy of holies. As you see in this next diagram of the tabernacle, it starts in the outer court. And the outer court represents your flesh. So if you touch your arm or your hand, it is made of flesh because we have a physical body that is the flesh. Now to get into the tabernacle, you started at the outer court and you went through the gate. And you can see on the diagram that the gate is red, white, blue, and purple. The gate represents Jesus. In John, in the New Testament, Jesus is called the gate. The red in the gate symbolizes Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross. The white in the gate symbolizes Jesus was perfectly pure and holy. The blue in the gate symbolizes the sky like the heavenly realm. Jesus came to earth from heaven. Then the purple represents his majesty or royalty. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, when you start your journey with God, you have to go through the gate. There's only one way in. It's through Jesus. And then Jesus comes into the outer court. He comes into our flesh. And when you invite Jesus into your life, he is a boss. He's a boss. He's the Lord, and he likes to run things. And one of the struggles is, is when you come to know Christ, it's like, oh, no, Jesus wants to be Lord of how I use my flesh, my body, and that's a struggle for a lot of us. And so one of the things that we've seen in the church a lot is that a lot of folks who have come to faith in Christ and invited him in, gone through the gate of Jesus, struggle with the flesh 
or like sexual sin. So don't anybody feel pointed out, I don't know your stuff or anything like that. You're, you feel that way because a lot of people in this room feel that way, you know what I mean? And so uh, how many of you have struggled, don't, don't raise your hand, but struggle with perhaps some type of sexual addiction or sexual lust or something like that. And one of the areas that we deal with in healing all the time around here is something called the soul tie or soul ties. And we get this from 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 16, I'm going to read it to you from the message, uh, paraphrase of the Bible. It says, there's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. As it's written in the scriptures, the two become one. So there's something spiritual that happens when you join with someone in sex, when we have sex with someone, and I would suggest when we look at porn, we're like giving a part of ourselves to the other person, and we're taking a part of that other person upon ourselves. Do you ever wonder why you're struggling in your current relationship? It could be there's still some type of a soul tie with a previous relationship you've been in. You ever wonder why your heart is still broken, and you don't know why? It could be dealing with the soul tie. And some of you know about soul ties, but you forgot to break soul ties from another relationship. Or you know about it, but you haven't appropriated it in your life and broken those ties from those previous relationships in which you were intimate. So here in a minute, we're gonna pray, and I'm gonna put like prayer on the screen, and we're gonna pray it out loud together. Now before we pray it, here's what I wanna suggest, is that you take any gifts or possessions that you were given from previous partners and get rid of them and that'll help you break those ties to your soul those soul ties so now I'm going to ask everybody to read this out loud and some of you say well hey pastor Doug I'm really young and I'm just a kid my parent brought me in here I've never had sex you know I, you know uh, so, some of you are saying I've already dealt with all that kind of stuff you know in cultivate or something like that that's okay say it out loud and the reason I want us to all to say it out loud is because there's some people in here right now that this is really raw for them and that do we want to embarrass them to say it out loud in front of everybody no we don't want to do that so let's all say it together and so that's our way of supporting others in this and perhaps as we start to talk about soul ties maybe someone God by his spirit is bringing someone to your mind that you just forgotten about or you just had not been thinking about. And so let's say this prayer out loud together. Here we go, ready? Father God, please forgive me for sexual sins against you. Lord, please purify my heart from the memories of that person. In the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of his blood, I cut myself free from soul ties with past sexual partners. Holy Spirit, please heal my soul of wounds related to soul ties. Holy Spirit, reintegrate the part of me that was given away. Restore me to wholeness. Holy Spirit, reintegrate the part of past sexual partners that was attached to me. Restore them to wholeness. I commit past sexual partners to Jesus Christ for Jesus to do with as he wills. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Thank you for your perfect love for me. In Jesus' name, everyone said, 
Amen. Anybody feeling good to get rid of the, some of that stuff and deal with that today? Can we uh, encourage those who just pray that? Good. Yeah, that's good. Well, look at the next part of the tabernacle. If you keep going through the tabernacle, you go from the outer court, which, remember, represents our flesh, to the holy place, which represents our soul. Your soul includes three things, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And we're gonna look at the different articles that are in the holy place. There are three of them. There's the lampstand. And by the way, all of these articles represent Jesus and a part of us. So the lampstand represents Jesus and our minds. Because see, Jesus is the lamp or the light of the world. And when Jesus comes into our lives, he brings light. He illuminates our minds and our thinking. And this lamp had to be filled with oil daily. And in the same way, you and I have to daily come to Jesus and allow him to light up and illuminate our thinking. And here's what I wanna show you, is that when we daily walk with Jesus, who is the light of the world, our minds discern between good and evil. Our minds are able to see the schemes of the enemy in the darkness. Here's how this works out with elephants that some elephant trainers will take an elephant and they'll tie or chain the elephant to something the elephant cannot move. And so the elephant gets used to being held captive. And then the animal trainer, the elephant trainer, can put a post or a stake in the ground and tie the elephant to it, and the elephant doesn't know that he or she could easily pull up that post or that stake and walk free. It's all in the elephant's mind. And here's what I wanna proclaim to some of you today, is that there are areas of your life that the enemy's got it in your head that you have to be staked down, but you're free. Some of you just broke off a soul tie that's gonna help you walk in freedom, and some of you are through other declarations later on gonna get free of other things that the enemy has just gotten in your head about, see? But keep going through the holy place and you'll see the showbread. Jesus, of course, is the showbread. And the showbread also represents our will. You know, your willpower, your ability to make choices and choose what is good. Now, if you go back to when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness by Satan, Jesus' willpower was being tested there. Remember that Jesus had been on a long 40-day fast and the enemy tempted him to do a miracle and turn stones into bread. And what did Jesus say? He said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Jesus is our bread. And the more that we submit ourselves to Jesus, our wills are strengthened to be able to discern and obey the word of God. Now go to the altar. Excuse me, the altar in the holy place represents Jesus and our emotions. Now if you went to that altar, you would have seen incense on the altar, and we know that incense represents emotional intercession. Intercession, prayer, emotional. So it represents our emotions. Have you ever known someone that was, had, the, had kind of an intercessor gift, 
and we, by the way, we can all be intercessors if we choose to be, but people who are more mature at intercession, if you're new to church, intercession just means praying for people. That people are mature in it, you know what they do? They feel what hurts God. And you ever known intercessors that they feel what other people are feeling, that they're praying for? And some of you are growing in intercession and you start praying and you don't know what's going on, but you feel these emotions and you're like, what's going on here? What's happening is God is giving you the ability to feel the emotions of people that you're praying for. And here's what happens with us is that if we're gonna walk free, pull up the stakes like the elephants and walk free, we've got to control our emotions. You do not feel your way into thinking. You think your way into feeling, see? A lot of us have seen from the school of hard knocks that if we just do what we feel like doing in a given moment, how much heartache does it bring? <laughs> we already know. So many of us already know. And so what we do as a part of being a tabernacle, walking around on earth, is that we submit to God our mind, will, and our emotions. Just because I feel like doing something doesn't mean I should do it but I want to do what I see in the word of God, what I read. And the more we submit our emotions to God, the more we can see into the darkness, the more night vision that we see, the more we can see the schemes of the enemy to use our emotions to trick and manipulate us. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone where they just toyed with your emotions? That's what the enemy wants to do but we submit our emotions to God. So I wanna show you how the holy place played out in my own personal life, in my mind, my will, and my emotions. I've told you many, many times about years ago when my marriage was in shambles, I was out of the ministry and I was depressed. My mind was confused. My will was struggling to exercise willpower to obey the word of God. And my emotions were all over the map. I went to something called freedom counseling or some people would call it deliverance counseling in another state and these two men ministered to me. One of them prayed and interceded the whole time. The other one led me through a long inventory which felt like every sin I'd ever committed in my life, every embarrassing thing that I'd not talked to very many people about and I confessed these things to them and they led me in these prayers, and then they would lead me through these series of declarations that are based on the scripture that are truth to get those truths into my mind. And as they did that, they sensed that I felt very defeated because my life was so screwed up at that point. And they led me to make a declaration, I am not defeated, but I would think in my mind the words, I am not defeated, but the strangest thing happened that when I'd try and say it, almost in a a bit lower tone voice, my mouth would say, I am defeated. And they stopped me and they said, no, Doug, you didn't understand. You, you got that wrong. You're supposed to say, I'm not defeated. So try it again. And they watched me. And in my mind, I was thinking, I'm not defeated. I'm not defeated. I'm not defeated. But my mouth again said, I am defeated. And they realized something was off. And they stopped there and they prayed these, what we would call spiritual warfare prayers over me, taking authority over demonic spirits. 
And I stopped and they said, okay, now let's try it again. And I was thinking in my head, I'm not defeated. And I was able to say with my mouth, I am not defeated. And when I got home from that encounter, like my wife observed me for a couple of weeks and she said, Doug, it's like you're back to yourself again. You're clear. Because my mind, my, my whole soul, mind, will, and emotion, my mind was clear. Thinking the right thoughts. My will had this rejuvenated ability to obey God and my emotions were beginning to level out. See, wasn't out of control. And so I tell that story and was inspired to write a book by that very title, I Am Not Defeated, that I hope will light the path for many others in the coming days. So, yeah, yeah, right on. Thank, thank you for that, sweet, thank you. Now, we've seen two parts of the tabernacle that represents us, right? There's the physical body, the outer court, the flesh. Then there's the holy place, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. And now we're gonna go into the innermost part of the tabernacle, which is called the holy of holies. And the holy of holies represents your spirit. You're a spiritual being, you have a spirit. You have a soul, but your spirit is separate from your soul. Now in the Old Testament, the holy of holies was the place where God lived and dwelt. In fact, the priest better have his game face on. He better be pure of sin when he would go into that holy of holies, else he could fall over and die in the presence of God. It was a serious thing. There was also the Ark of the Covenant in the holy of holies, in the direct presence of God. Perhaps you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. It looked like that. And it represents the covenant of God with his people. Now, when God makes a covenant, it's not like our contracts today. You know how if you don't like a contract, you just get a crooked attorney to fix it and you can get out of it. God doesn't work that way. When he makes covenant, it is 100% sure gonna be fulfilled. And so when you authentically believe in Jesus, he comes to live in your innermost being, in your spirit. And God says he's never gonna leave you or he's never gonna forsake you. He's there and he's gonna stay there not but because of how good you are or how good I am, but because he's made a covenant through the cross and he made blood covenant with the blood of his son. You think he's gonna break that covenant that was made in the blood of his son? And so here's how this works out in a spiritual warfare encounter. Now, let me give you a little disclaimer here real quick. Especially those of you that are new to church, this is gonna be a mega weird story for some of you. I know that, I acknowledge it. Like there are times where in counseling, people will literally manifest a demon spirit. Like I thought I was gonna have to do spiritual warfare this morning, my cat seemed to be, you know, but it turned out just to be like a furball. Okay, so she was okay. But it happens, we see it from time to time in our church um, and my friend and mentor, Phil, was telling me about this encounter he had when he was counseling with this person. And when he counsels, he'll have a printed out version of that tabernacle diagram. And it'll walk the person through the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. Well, the demon kept manifesting. And he didn't want, really wanna to talk to the demon, he wanted to talk to the person to help the, per the person get free from the issues. But the demon kept manifesting, so Paul asked the demon some questions. He said, hey, demon, are you in this person's outer court? 
And the demon manifested and said, yes. And then Phil said, are you in this person's holy place, their soul? And the demon said, yes. And then Phil said, are you in this person's holy of holies or spirit? And the demon kind of animated and said, no, I can't go in there because Jesus is in there. When he told me that, I had to rub my arm because the hair on my arms was sticking up, you know, freaking me out. But is that making sense to you? Maybe that solves that question that some people have is can Christian believers be demonized? See, we have to control our flesh or we allow the enemy into our flesh. Do you know that? Like this person. We have to daily fill the oil, be filled with the spirit with our mind, will, and emotions in, the holy, in our holy place or we're susceptible there. But we're secure in our spirit when Jesus is there. But here's what I want you to know, spiritual investigators or those of you who had not yet believed. I fear for you because you have no protection in your spirit in your innermost being unless God through Jesus is there. And we can take care of that right now. That's why regularly in these services we give opportunity for people to believe and choose in a moment to believe in Jesus. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And as we bow before God, I wanna say a prayer over you and then I wanna lead you through a prayer. So God, those of us that are trying to walk in your spirit, we're praying now in the powerful name of Jesus that blinders would come down, that people who are blinded from the ability to believe in you, Jesus, that they would be able to see today and that every evil or demonic spirit, those hogs in the spiritual realm, that they would be bound and their blinders be taken off from the dear friends that, would like to believe today. And so now, in your own words, if you would like to believe, just in your own heart, between you and God, say something like this. Just say, look, God, I know I've sinned. And God, right now, the best I know how, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He died there to pay the penalty for my sin. Jesus, I welcome you into my innermost being, into my spirit. If you just prayed that, or if you believed for many years, maybe you'd wanna say, Jesus, thank you for being in my holy of holies. And Jesus, I submit to you my holy place, my soul, my mind, my will and emotions. I submit to you my outer court, my flesh, my body, that I would be pleasing to you. And as we continue in a spirit of prayer, I want you to open your eyes and look up. Because our, our day is about to get much, much better. Because <laughs> I'm going to make some declarations, and you're going to see them on screen. And if you want to agree with these declarations and appropriate them to your life, 
I'm gonna ask you to say the amen after I say the declaration. And when you say amen, it isn't like, amen. It is like outside voice. It is like blow the mask off your face, amen. It is the no demon will have right to this tabernacle. Jesus is Lord in this tabernacle kind of amen. You getting the, getting the picture here? It is the outside voice like I'm cheering at the Super Bowl of the World Cup kind of amen. So I'm going to say most of these declarations. You're going to say amen. We're going to get to the end. There are going to be two of them where we're all going to say them together. So let's stand up together and let me read this and I'll point to you when you're to say amen. You ready? In Jesus' name, no division in our church. No occult interference in this church. No blinding the minds of unbelievers here. No attacks on new believers here. The sleeping giant, the body of Christ is awake. The parade of elephants is awake. The elephants are breaking free from the posts. No more attacks on our emotional or physical health. No more attacks on our marriages, our teens, or our children. No more bitterness, jealousy, rejection, or fear. Okay, now this next one, these next two. Let's say them out loud together. I am not defeated. Amen, anyone? Yeah. Now check out this last one. Jesus is Lord here. Amen. Let's sing about it.
love has torn the veil Your love can never fail Your love is making all things new that song just a little bit more we we good with that just a little bit more can we just sing that chorus a little bit one more time go ahead god you're making all things new yes you're making all things new god you're breaking darkness with your light so we lift up one voice we lift up one voice, we sing and we shout with thanksgiving and with praise, for now we are yours, our hearts are yours, you've ransomed us with your love, your beautiful love, we lift up one voice, we that you're making us new all the time. You're shaping and molding. And God, as some have dealt with soul ties today and by your spirit, you've led folks to make declarations today. We just wanna stop for just a minute as we're in prayer and ask you by your spirit to speak to us through words, pictures, and thoughts. So as we just listen for you, Holy Spirit, please speak. Speak healing. Give us a picture, vision of our better future with you. Thank you, God, that people are going to walk from here in purity. Some are going to reach new levels of freedom in their outer court, the flesh. And some are having thoughts and their minds transformed now, minds, wills, and emotions. And it's all possible because of you, Jesus, and what you accomplished on the cross and through your resurrection and what you imparted to us at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit. So welcome, Holy Spirit, to continue your work of freedom now. And we pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Everyone said, amen, amen. Will you guys go ahead and take a seat just for a minute? And as we wrap up today.
Just a couple of things I want to remind you about. Next Sunday, we're going to be talking about a tribal vision. And remember that the elephants that get separated from the herd, from the parade, are vulnerable. And so we're going to talk about that value of being in trouble here next week. Now, remember last week that we encourage you, particularly as it relates to our financial stewardship, that we want to participate in the parade. That is, we want to get here to church in person or online. We want to promote the parade. That is, invite other people to be a part of it here at church. And then we also want to provide for others to join the parade through our financial stewardship, sowing seeds financially. We believe in these Bible principles. We didn't make this stuff up. We just got it from the Bible where it talks about bringing like a first priority tithe, which is 10th of our income above at the local storehouse of the church where people are believing and getting actually changed. If you could just hear just a few of the stories of how people in our church are being transformed here and changed, it would blow your mind. And here's how to get that done. If you're new at City Tribe, you can bring your offering by mailing it to the P.O. box that's on screen. You can go to citytribe.church slash tithe on our website. And by the way, if you forget all this, you can go to citytribe.church slash tithe and get all the information there. You can text to tithe by texting 74483. And in the text message, you type the word tribe space the dollar amount and press send. Or you can donate at our giving kiosks that are located near the exits of the theater. So pray about that when you do, whether it's pushing a button of giving online or uh, giving an envelope or whatever. Just pray for it and say, God, fully leverage this to your glory to help people and change people. So before you guys stand up and receive a benediction here in the theater, make sure that don't to not walk out until your usher releases you because we want to continue to maintain our social distancing for safety's sake, keep the momentum going, keeping those COVID numbers going down. So let's stand up together and whether you're worshiping online or in the building, hold out a hand in a position to receive and receive these words over you. Dear brothers and sisters, walk from here with discernment cleansed in your outer court, your flesh, free in your holy place, your soul, secure and your holy of holies, your spirit, parade from here, taking the love and good grace of our good God to a world that so desperately needs it. Walk from here with the power of the parade of elephants because you are unstoppable. Walk from here with power. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Peace. We're glad you were part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.